to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome to the campfire. Absolutely. What a pleasure to have you back with us again, or perhaps here for the first time. And uh, In which case... Welcome to the campfire. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, for those of you new, welcome, first of all. And we, we sure appreciate your finding us however you did. We are Tony and Peggy Barthel, just like Larry said at the beginning. He knows us. Yeah. It's, it's like, and if you go back, you'll find out we both have worked in the RV industry. We're avid RVers. And this whole podcast is about making the great american rv adventure into a stressless camping experience however we can do so we try to provide you with some value and some fun and, and all of that right well speaking of value there are a lot of people who will spend the night at a walmart or a cracker barrel and as abby says from uh, rv miles wall docking or boon barreling Try right. there you go shout out and uh we see a trend here the walmart that's kind of near to our sticks and bricks so uh, again for you new people we have a sticks and bricks house we rv part-time but as much time as we possibly can and so we do these extended road trips and and short jaunts and anything we can do this is basically what we do so there you go our local walmart to our sticks and bricks the city council has redoubled the efforts to ticket people spending the night in their rvs and the reason is as you know a lot of places a lot of walmarts invite you to spend the night on your way to wherever you're going and they don't charge you and the assumption is that you will maybe go inside and buy something or whatever and they have these big parking lots so it's kind of cool anyway right and they expect you to just spend a night correct and then move on correct our local Walmart were getting more and more of these derelict RVs that were staying for extended periods of time. And then <laughs> tents started showing up in the grassy areas. Yeah. And Walmart saw the number of people going in reduced because people were... The, the parking lot there was getting a reputation. It was really sketchy. I didn't like going there at all. No. And so the city council said, all right, we're done with this. And now they're ticketing and towing. RVs and no more sleeping in your RV on the city streets in Walmart parking lots and all of that. And it's becoming more and more the case. There is a, a Walmart that we went to where they had these barriers in the parking lot and you couldn't get anything, I think above 10 or 11 feet, whatever it was. So the, they're cracking down and, and the reason is there's a lot of people who stay and respect the Walmart and the neighborhood. Right. And then there's those few who ruin it for the rest of us. That's right. So we have an article that I wrote about all this. And there are guidelines in that article for mooch docking or staying at a Walmart or whatever it is. Here's what I've learned. Stay one night only. It's not a campground. It's you're just there on your way to somewhere else, basically. Right. And before you stay, go inside, find somebody who can actually answer you. Like, don't just ask the greeter because they might not have the authority to allow you to spend the night there. You know, look for a manager or something. 
Right. And then ask them if it's cool that you stay there. Obey posted regulations, whatever those are. So if there are regulations posted on in the parking lot or whatever, follow the law or follow the guidelines. The yeah. yeah. Some Walmarts, they don't own that big building and the parking lot and so the landlord may impose things or cities or whatever right so, so if they say you can't do it it's not necessarily the walmart don't write right. a big bad post about walmart <laughs> and how awful they are it might not be their fault right uh and then awnings chairs barbecue grills patent closures just keep that stuff in the car yeah. you're just going to be there one night don't you're not there to camp you're there to sleep so don't make a big production out of being there yeah number five park as far away from the store entrance as possible and leave as much parking space around you as possible i've seen some of these rvs crossing multiple spaces more than they really had to obviously rvs are larger but they just took up probably six or eight spots and it's like dude seriously try to take as few spaces as possible and Leave. And not the spaces right in front of the door. Right? <laughs> Don't use your hydraulic jacks on soft asphalt because that's going to tear up the parking lot and that's going to ruin it for everybody too. Right. If I came outside my store and there's holes in the asphalt because of your jacks, that's going to be the day I say no more RVs. Try to leave the area cleaner than you found it. I mean, don't leave I mean, your... that's true everywhere. Yeah. Right? So keep that rule going while you're overnighting it at Walmart or wherever. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, since you're in a store or at a store, try to buy fuel or food or supplies or, or whatever you can as camping your way of pajamas. saying... pajamas. That's right. Camping pajamas. <laughs> they always have those at Walmart. Yeah, they do. They have some wacky stuff like that. Cap shirts or pajamas or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, buy those. And that's kind of a way of saying, hey, thank you. Right. And so always be courteous, always be safe. Right. We have an episode about RV safety and we'll link to that. We had a, a lady on who is former law enforcement who had some really great tips. And so we'll link to that. But yeah, be safe. And, you know, as always in life, try to be as cool as you can. Don't be a jerk. That that gets you a long That is such way. a good rule. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're very fortunate because we tend not to stay at Walmarts or Cracker Barrels or any of those because we've got Boondockers Welcome. That's right. So we can stay at places for free, but we don't necessarily have to buy more pairs of pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can fit more I don't know where I'd put another pair anyway. Right? But we do love Boondockers Welcome for a very similar situation. It's an opportunity to boondock but in someone's private property so that they have the space available for you you can make your reservation with them and then it's free camping but yeah. it's not in a parking lot right it's all over the places a lot of times it's people's residences or their farms or, or whatever they have and other than the fee to join which we have a discount for on our partners page uh, it's otherwise free, so it's a heck of a deal. It is, and the, the annual fee is very little anyway. Yeah, and, and we have a deal there. So uh, Boondockers Welcome is one of the services we really, really use the heck out of and really, really enjoy. It's a cool thing. Well, speaking of camping and Boondockers, wait, we're always speaking of camping. <laughs> but we what? have, how would you like to have a crystal ball? 
Well, okay. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? What would I do with that? You could see into the future. Oh, what's in the future? Campsites. So you could see, if you had this magic crystal ball, you could look at a campsite before you ever even made the reservation. Wow. Can you imagine the stress that that would take away? Because have you ever got to a campsite that you thought was going to be awesome? And well, you know, it's hard to get into. It's not level. It's any number of things that weren't what you expected. Yes. And so, well, we have a, a guest, Mark Kep from campground views and that's exactly what they do over there so we're gonna talk to mark and he's gonna explain how you too could have an rv crystal ball yay we are back here with mark kep from campground views and campground views is a website that gets about two hundred thousand views a month and as they say uh you can see where you're going it's a it's a website so that you can actually look at pictures videos vrs of campgrounds mark welcome welcome oh thank you i love being here and uh, i appreciate you talking to me so campground views is a site that has all these great pictures, descriptions, reviews, and things like that. Mark, tell tell me, what was your inspiration for putting this site together? Well, actually, so the inspiration goes back 10 and a half years ago when my wife and I had this crazy idea as um, 20-somethings to sell everything we own and, and buy an RV and start traveling um, the country. Uh, you know, we were... I was running a digital agency at the time. So digital agency, we did internet marketing for businesses. So we handled their Google accounts and did SEO and that type of stuff. And so we worked virtually. I never met with clients face to face. And so we had this this conversation like every married couple do, does about, you know, where we want to go and what we want to do and how we want to live our lives. And um, from that, we decided, heck, let's, let's sell everything we own, buy this RV and go travel the country for a year, a year and a half. <laughs> and, it, and it was during those travels that we realized how hard it was to actually find campgrounds. We were relying upon on the standard sites that the review sites right where people write their reviews and their opinions and what i found is you spend lots of time because you don't trust any of the reviews you spend lots of time yeah. inter- interpreting those reviews seeing if they're like you seeing if it's legit and after about a year and a half of doing this i finally i just kept saying because you know the smartphones were coming out at the time um at that time they're like the razors the flip ones but they all had cameras on them at the time and i was like everybody's got a camera in their pocket if we just should start a website where they share pictures and video versus versus written reviews and so that was the kind of the where the concept came from and then we started building it from there wow and it's one of the things i really like about it there are a lot of websites that have a lot of very invasive advertisements and there are none of those that i can see on here it's just a good user experience yeah and and you know it kind of goes to the background on the business model so um you can go several routes with this stuff you can go as an advertising supportive model or you can you know provide some sort of value add service and so the way we make our money is we'll go out and produce professional video productions for rv parks and campgrounds and so they'll hire us in and we'll go in and we'll produce marketing videos 360 videos virtual tours of the 
their parks and their cabins and all that type of stuff. Again, it goes back to our ultimate goal of showing people what the park actually looks like. It benefits the park owner because when people see what their parks look like, it has this crazy effect on their occupancy. We've measured parks that have received a 244% increase in online reservations simply by implementing the videos on their site because it, it, it kind of becomes inherent um, in the process. I mean, you camp, right? So you, you, you understand the value of being able to see where you're going. And so by being able to show a place to guests, it, you're, we're helping complete that ultimate cycle. So as a result of that, we don't really have any advertising on our site. We have some ads, but you know, not not overly invasive. And you know, overall, our the traffic in the space is not high enough to justify an advertising model unless you're doing a totally different business model, which is just you know, content creation and you know, user generated content. And that was not where we were going with this. Right. That, but that's pretty cool. So if you're a campground, you can contact you to have video and photography and all of that done. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and so this next phase, we've got some new technology that we shared with um, at KOA at RVX, and um, we, the 360 video. I, I don't know if you had a chance to play with any of those yet, but um, you know, for your listeners, they can go and tour like Pismo Coast Village in Pismo Beach, California. There's a 360 tour on the page, so you can actually go down the park roads and just like Google Maps, drag the screen to look left, right, up, or down, and actually look around the park. And then if you drag and look down, you'll see that there's a site map following you along, so you'll know exactly where you are. With Within that campground, that experience is a game changer, and we're working on some new technology that we'll be implementing this summer that um, completely replaces the old the old style um, booking engine with a hotel style grid, actually allowing you to physically see the parks and the sites. It's really a game changer in the space. That would be fantastic because I think anybody, especially there, there's of course, as you know, there are different pockets of users. There are the people who have retired and are RVing and there's a lot of people now who are work camping so they're still in quote unquote work age and they're RVing and, and a big complaint I hear among them is you call a campground you leave a message on an answering machine and maybe a week later you get a call back it's just so frustrating and so the the ability to see a campground and then just click and reserve a spot is is sort of the holy grail you know so we started this business um just my wife and i and and you know y- y- the term is called bootstrap right you don't have any outside investors you just you make you make it work with what you got and so one of the ways you do that is you partner and so we've partnered with rvia um and uh arvc and camp california and you know all these different organizations within the industry and what we recognize pretty quickly is that there's this giant um knowledge and information gap. So if you look at the RV park and campground market, we, we track about 16,000 what we call transient locations. So spots where you can go and they have, lo- they may not be all short-term sites, but they have sites available for overnight and weekly stays. So, you know, that's the term for transient parks. So there's about 16,000 of them in the U.S. And that's broken down about half between private owners and half between public agencies. So federal, state, local. Um, on the private side, there's this really wide gap. So you've got a few, and, and it is literally a few 
few, about maybe 500 nationwide of big parks that are run by professional organizations. And then it filters all the way down to the mom and pop who are, who are running their 30-site park, and that is their sole source of income. And, you know, if you go to the corporations, they've got the professional training, they've got the marketing staff, they've got all this these resources to really do a good job. But when you go down the chain, you got folks that are just, right now they're cleaning the toilets, right? So right. they don't right. have the time to do the marketing. And so what we've done to kind of help that gap, and it's going to your, your statement about the, the phone calls, is we started a Facebook group two years ago that currently has over 1,300 RV park and campground owners and operators representing over 1,200 campgrounds and RV parks around the world, mostly U.S., but around the world. And that group, the engagement on that group is 95%. There's over anywhere from 12 to 15,000 posts and comments in every 30-day period. And the whole purpose of that group goes back to what you were talking about, about the phone calls. We want to make camping amazing. It sounds cheesy, and no, it's not a political slogan. It's like we legitimately want to make camping amazing. We believe the way you do that is you get the right camper and the right camping equipment at the right campground at the right time. And if you do those four things, they're going to have an amazing time. They're going to go home and tell all their friends and family about it. And one of the biggest hurdles in that process is the, the hurdle of finding the right campground, connecting with them, booking your site, and then having that experience. And so we're trying to help that education gap. And if there's one thing, if any of your listeners are park owners or operators, if there's one thing they can do that'll increase the amount of money in their pocket is to simply answer the phone. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Or at least call back quickly. Yes. And I mean, we like we've partnered with like Camp Spot and Camp Life and all these reservations engines that are out there. And there's a lot of them out there. So there's a lot of choice. If they implement those parks that you're talking about that, you, that allow you know that they're not answering the phone, if they simply in, implement online reservations, they will see their income more than exceed the cost of that software. Like it's significant amounts. And if they do the implementation right, they can literally change the entire scope of their business. Because the reality is the camper, and I don't know about you, but like if I'm booking a trip, I'm working during the day. So it's usually in the evening, about eight or nine at night. And I'm like, okay, where are we going next? And I start using, and I, and I use Campground View. So, I, you know, I use our site. I start searching around. I find the park. And then if I go to their site and I have to call them, guess what? I go to the next campground, the one that I can book online and make that booking at nine o'clock at night. I know at nine o'clock at night they're not answering the phone anyway. Right. right. Oh, absolutely. Well, the funny thing is, we we had talked a little before we started recording, but uh, Peggy and I used to own a bed and breakfast, and we bought it in two thousand eight. The most brilliant time ever to buy a business. And <laughs> the first thing we did, they used to have this big book and i don't even know where you buy these big books but that's how they made the reservations and of course they made the reservations in ink so stuff was scratched out and blah 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 and you had to call uh, we implemented a computer-based reservation system and saw something like a 30 percent increase in room sales even though it was a recession <laughs> that's that's amazing yeah it's a it's a perfect example and that's honestly so if we look if we look into the future where we're going with camping in the future 
you know, we hear you can hear you can say all you want negative about millennials, and anytime you hear an article about millennials, it's negative. Forget the negative stuff. Those are your guests, and yeah. guess what they're they're walking around with? They are walking around looking at a cellular phone, which is not a cellular phone anymore. It's a computer powerful enough to to launch NASA in the '60s in their hands, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and that is what they use to experience the world with. Like it or not, that's what they're doing. So if if you're running a park and if you really want to look ahead over the next 10 years of what you need to do, simply talk to somebody under the age of 20 and ask them what you should do if you want to reach them on that phone that they're walking around with. Yeah. Well, um, funny thing, I actually speak about social media to groups and I tend to do a lot of chambers and service clubs, service clubs. And uh, they are, let's say, retirement age and by a vast majority, those guys have modern cell phones and they're, you know, looking at pictures and they're working on their calendars. So I think not just the millennials, it's the retirees or even have embraced oh, the smartphones it's everybody yeah. no it's 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 you know it's like i speak to rv park owners and, and i'll be in there and i'll i'll simply say hey everybody who's got one of these and i'll hold my phone up please hold it up and it was everybody in the room and then i then i'll say okay so all of you folks with your hands up now um i only want the people that have online reservations to leave their hands up and you you see some hands go down and it's like you all are losing because yeah. everybody else there is booking online and if you know and it's funny because i don't i'm not selling online reservations like i don't i don't i'm not chilling for anybody i'm just telling you as it is because right. i want to make you know it's it's very legit and and the reason i do that is uh, all of our content is obviously digital we do videos you know and, and we're a search engine and you know it's all digital stuff we know this works. I mean, there used to be a time when folks walked around with, as you said, a book. It used to be the Good Sam book, which was the yellow pages of our industry. And that was that was the Bible of this industry. No more. Folks are walking around. They're using campground views. And I won't be naive. They use campground views. They use RV park reviews. They they use all stays. They use RV parky. They use all of these different <laughs> resources. Google, you know, and they are searching for you online. And the biggest thing, and, and it's actually, so you know, I've been talking a lot about owners, but if we're talking to you know all your listeners who are campers, they all have experienced this firsthand of how hard it is to figure out what the heck am I getting into here? What does this place actually look like? And not only that, am I going to have a good time there? Is my family going to like it? You know, is it is it really going to be worth the money to go stay there? And so, trying to get all that information, it's a hard process, and so that's what we're trying to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. And so uh, looking at your site, I was really impressed also by the search. So there are all kinds of well, you can search by geography. You can search by amenities, things like 55 plus parks, electric pool, sewer, water, cable TV, pets, pull through tent, Wi-Fi. So if any or all or specific numbers of those are important to you, you can go and and check those boxes and it'll help you with with finding those parks um another cool thing i really liked is you can see the pictures on a lot of the parks and the map you can map out a trip so there's an interactive map where you can sort of say okay i'm going here what's around and what's around with these specific amenities so you've done a great job with the with the search functionality of your site Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, and that just goes back to you know, it, 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 
you build something that you're going to use yourself. And so we kind of built it like, Hey, I'm, I'm using literally, I was like, when we started this, I simply wanted to build a tool for us to help us find campgrounds. And then we realized other people liked it too. Right. And so, um, we kind of built it that way. And so it's always been about, um, user focus, easy of access. So, um, on our homepage, when you get to that search bar, it starts with location. So enter location, but it's pulling those locations from the Google API. So you could put in a destination too. So say you want to go to the Getty museum in LA, you could use that as your center location find the campgrounds around that so you're not limited you're not limited just to city state if you can start putting in um phrases that the google maps api can pull in um it'll actually search location around that um but then also as you were talking i pulled up um our back-end database and we have 611,000 unique um meta basically meta tags tied to our 16,000 campgrounds and these would be um really minute details like we actually have a field that we track if, if they specifically allow you to bring your cat, you know, and so like that uh. just guys goes to how, how, and those, you can get to those by, there's a keyword search once you get to like the, the search page or up in the top right corner, you'll see a little search icon. That's just a broad search. You can start searching random keywords and you'll find, you'll find random stuff like that. It's really, you know, it's really fun. If you want to, if, if you're, if you're super into campgrounds, like I am, you'll have fun just kind of digging around and finding places. And, you know, we repeatedly find campgrounds through campground views that we did not know existed. We're reasonably priced and amazing locations and you know we've been RVing ourselves for 10 and a half years and we use this tool exclusively to find our place to stay and in 10 and a half years we've always found really amazing spots to go it's a neat tool and then another thing i noticed is that uh, campgrounds some parks are claimed and others are not uh is there a cost to a campground to claim a park no, yeah, as a camp, as a campground owner, there's no cost to claim at all. So um, if they go to the page, so first thing, first step is they need everybody can create a free account. Um, a little pop up box will pop up the first time you visit the website. You create an account using your email address. We don't spam you. Like we send out one email a month to general consumers and then one email a month to owners. So we're not really into spamming you. Um, and then you can opt out of that email if you want. Um, but you create a free account, and when you have that a free account, there's a few things that get a locked for you so one is you can then start adding a favorites list so as you go through the parks and you're and you're, you're shopping around you can click and add them to your favorites and then up in the menu bar there's an option for favorites and when you click on that all of your favorites will be thrown onto a google map so you can kind of start mapping out your route for the parks that you're interested in staying in but as a park owner create that free account and then on the listing page so on your park page you'll see a little button that says claim claim my park you simply fill out that form and we'll assign the park to you so the there's no cost, which is which is really cool. And are they allowed to vet reviews or what happens if they see a review that they don't like or something like that? Yeah, that's a good point. So we, we're really cautious about reviews. So one of the one of the ugly things about the Internet that we found with reviews is that they're used in, in outside of the average average RV you and I who's writing reviews about our stays. There's some other folks that are writing reviews. So there's the park owner who's writing a review about himself, <laughs> the park, the park competitor who's writing a negative review about his competitors and a nice review about himself. And then there's the guest who had some sort of grievance with them and is using the threat of reviews as blackmail over that park owner. And so what we've done is we've taken a very proactive approach on the review process where we, we will actually vet these things. And, and we'll go as far as if we get a really negative review about a park. And we've done this multiple times where the review is just you know awful. 
we'll call the park owner and we'll say, hey, we got a review from so-and-so. Um, share your story. And, and um, sometimes we, we listen to their side of the story and we're like, yeah, we agree with you. This review is not going live. Other times, and this, is, this has happened a few times, I call that <laughs> owner and, and the review basically says that the owner is is the, a big old um, dope head. You know, you know, he's, I won't use the colorful language they describe. And then I call up that owner and that owner is that exact person to me. And it's like, okay, this, this, re, this review is approved. You know, We're so, leaving this <laughs> in. <laughs> so we'll, we'll actually vet those. Again, it's going back to, to our ultimate goal is, and it's kind of like, when you're running a directory, there's this trade-off, right? So if, if you're monetizing and charging and and making money off the park owners through your directory, your incentive gets skewed, right? So you want you would start to favor the owners a little bit because they're paying you your money. And we don't want to do that. So we're, we're always kind of playing with that. And so that's why when we found that we can make our revenue doing these professional video productions, it didn't it, – now, while there are clients and we want to do it to their benefit, some of the things we do when we're doing a video production, is we will never do a video production and show a park that doesn't look like that park. So when we get done with our videos, if you watch that video and, and then you show up at the park and it doesn't look anything like our videos, we have not done our job. Our ideal is, is when we do that video, now obviously we do a nice job and make the place look good, but we want the guests when they view a video produced by campgroundviews.com to show up at that park and find that exact experience that they yeah. viewed in that video. And see what they saw in the pictures. Exactly. Yeah. So if I happen to know my local area and search around just for fun and notice that there's a campground missing, how do we get one added in there? That's a really good question. So on the home page, um, uh, so on the home page down at the very bottom right, there's a submit a listing there or submit a park. Click that button, and then a little menu structure will come up. Um, ignore the priced ones. Just click the, the $0 one and submit it there. Or there's a contact us button. You can shoot us an email with that information. All we need is is the, um, the URL for their website and the name of the park, and we can go fill in all the rest. Um, and, and that actually, that's a really good question, just ta- thinking back to when we built Campground so when we first built this remember i'm running a digital marketing firm so this is like a side project at the time yeah and and we figured hey let's go buy some databases that you can buy like info usa sells a database and a few of these like dun and bradstreet sells a database we bought two databases combined them together and said hey here we go and then i did what i know everybody will do for the first time going to campground views is i searched an area i knew and i wanted to see if they had the campgrounds i knew were there on the on that list and when we bought those lists like not only did they not have the campgrounds, but they they were so bad we got our money back on one of them. Like it was horrible <laughs> data. And so when we built campground views, we spent the two and a half years kind of in a beta mode, hand building our database. We went city by city, state by state, park by park, adding and editing all of those parks. Now things have changed over the years, and we're constantly editing that information. But when you're looking at our data, recognize that we built that by hand. That wasn't a purchase database. Yeah, I was impressed when I I did. <laughs> exactly what you said i went on the site and looked at an area i know and the area i know has a lot of little campgrounds that are let's just say technologically challenged um i think they chisel out their reservations in stone and yet they were there and i was that was impressive to me um when we look at the rv park and campground industry right now today um we are in um we're kind of in the 1950s of camping right now this will be the nostalgia period when people look back and, and say wow that was the best time ever to be in the industry and um, what we've got is we've got a few factors at play right now uh, the, 
middle class is back. Um, incomes are up for middle class. Jobs are great. People are working. They have money. Um, fuel prices are stable, steady, and relatively low. And you have um, the millennials are getting jobs and earning income, and they're outdoor oriented. And you've got the, what we call the second wave baby boomers all retiring right now. All, right. all of those factors are tying into this amazing boom in our RV industry as a whole, and particularly on the campground space. And so when you look at the real estate market, all of the various real estate classes are tapped out. So guys who invest in storage, who invest in office space, who invest in real estate, you know, standard houses and stuff, the returns aren't there. And all of a sudden they've recognized that there's this little industry over here that has this really kind of unique <laughs> outdoor thing that I would love to invest in it. And so you're finding a lot of parks that used to be run down. They're being bought up by um, well-funded either individual investors or investment funds who are then going in and pouring in a lot of capital to improve the park. They are raising rates because they have that pricing ability because they're improving the overall amenities. But you're seeing these rundown parks that used to be, you wouldn't want to go near them, now being um, greatly improved. What does that mean for our industry overall? We'll see. Like, Because I mentioned that little part in there where the, the rates are going, right? They're going up. So folks who have been camping forever, they definitely are, are aware of that and recognizing that, hey, it's, you can no longer go camping at an RV resort for 30 bucks a night. <laughs> yeah. It's now 50, 60 bucks a night. Right. But on, on the flip side, the amenities have improved. Yeah, that's true. And uh, and there are, the area where our sticks and bricks house is, there has been some exactly what you're saying. There's this huge wave of investment. A lot of these RV parks had been uh, kind of full-time living predominantly with a few uh, transient spots. And now they're just going over them and, and making them vacation spots once again and, and doing a good job of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And and at least one of them is actually trying to make it look like the 50s again. Yeah, yeah they specialize in vintage trailers. Yeah. That's a hot. So that glamping, you know, you hear the term glamping. I hate that word, by the way. It doesn't describe anything, but, <laughs> but you know, I'll use it because people use it. But there's this glamping trend. And the reason that that glamping trend is there is that there's a lot. So if, if we look at the overall uh, RVing and camping market, there's about 9 million people who go who go RVing this year. There's about 40 million overall that will go camping. So, you know, in a tent or whatever. But then if you look at the population as a whole, there's a, whole, a couple hundred million people who want to go camping, but they don't have an RV and they don't have a, and they don't want a tent camp. But if you've got some nice accommodations, so I don't have to rough it and it only costs me 150 to $200 a night and I can experience that camping experience, they're going to do it. And so as a result, you'll, you're seeing these glamping accommodations really taking up the market. And so there's a few things on that. Number one, it's a higher price point, right? So that's kind of changing the, the scope of what camping is. But on the flip side, it's getting people exposed to camping for the first time. So they're going to, if they have a good time, they're going to be like, hey, let's try this RV thing. Right. You know, yep. So, it, you know, you're seeing that trend overall. And it, I don't know the answer on where that's going to go. It's exciting, but obviously that price point is the key thing. So as long as the economy stays good and people have jobs, great. But on the flip side, I imagine I'm about to get flamed by everybody who's a full-time RVer because <laughs> they're seeing, they're seeing their, and, and trust me, I'm you, I've, I full-time RV. So I've seen this and I experienced it with my checkbook also. Um, so it's that catch 22 as the RV industry improves, all of us folks who are taking advantage of a low cost accommodations and getting to explore this country are having to pay more to stay places. So, yeah, yeah but 
to that point, um, there's also a lot of opportunities for boondocking and cheap RV stays and right. things like that. There's, you know, things like boondockers welcome and harvest hosts and those kind of services where there's also experiences that are inexpensive. So I think it's just a change. I don't think it's, you know, different. It's not going to be impossible to stay out there and, and low cost and still, and even, even the price of a good fancy amenities campground is still less than any kind of hotel or anything. True. That's, that's a really good point. You know, and you both come from the RV industry. That's actually something I, I talk about when I'm talking to, to park owners is usually RVs follow like housing. So whatever the housing styles are, you start seeing that in RVs. So you, you have tile, then granite, then you know, whatever, the, <laughs> yeah. whatever the trend is. Ship this flat. is the... F- the, this is the first time in history where the RVs are actually leading housing, and it's what you're talking about with boondocking. We now have RVs shipping from the factory that do not need electrical hookups to run the appliances on the unit. They have um, water systems to filtrate. You can actually go off of a stream and filter your water straight off of the stream. The only thing you need to do is dump your tanks. And when I'm talking to RV owners now, I'm, I'm talking to them about, hey, think about this. If that's where we're at now, in 10 years, what happens when your guests no longer are willing to pay for your electric and water hookups because they're completely self-contained? And how does that change the scope of camping? I think if we look long-term, that's an interesting trend that will directly impact the both viability and, um, and ability of our industry to stay as it is and continue to grow. Right. Yeah, with, with lithium and solar, the opportunities to be off grid are, are astounding i yeah. mean you can you can go as long as your tanks it's usually the tanks are the big limitation and with a composting toilet that becomes even less so yep yeah it's, it's significant and then yeah and if you've experienced it i mean i literally just did a video interview with a, a boondocking couple we did a live stream video chat they were in their airstream with all their lights on and they were about 25 miles from the nearest electrical pole they were completely off the grid you would never know the difference so that that thing is and then if we look at that from a different model on the federal side those blm um, lands they're all of a sudden you know they used to have a few hundred campers out there now they have a few thousand parking out in the desert so you've got resource <laughs> damage you've got um you've got the overwhelming trash that builds up and so you know overall it's it's an interesting dichotomy and it, it's you know we're, we're getting deep in the weeds here but you know as folks are planning their their travels it's a big thing to think about that as an rver you do have an impact on the areas you travel into and the places you stay so i think it's really um incumbent on us as a as an industry just to be aware of that and work out ways to kind of mitigate those um impacts we have on the overall area yeah well i guess in in conclusion if a park owner does want to contact you to have video and such done and it's a great idea how would they do so they can reach directly out to me it's mark at campgroundviews.com is my email address and any any of your listeners that want to reach out and bounce some questions off feel free to hit me up mark mrk at campgroundviews.com or go to campgroundviews.com scroll down and there's some contact information on various pages on the website there's all kinds of information there you have a you have a blog but the the bottom line is the the photos and the just the resources that 
you've provided are it's really a, a great resource for campers and that's why we wanted to have you here i appreciate the invite and i i appreciate what you're doing i mean you're sharing this lifestyle with so many people it's it's good work and i appreciate what you do there you go you've got a crystal ball thanks to mark and his company at campground view so kind of a cool deal yep last week a number of people commented about our or your baked French toast with coconut. Which, did you guys try oh it? Oh, did oh, you love it? I, I, hope, I hope you tried it. That might be all some people have eaten between last. <laughs> but but maybe there are some of you who don't think that sweet stuff is the best thing for breakfast, and that's okay because yes. I have an alternative idea for you. Yes, she does, and that is the sausage breakfast casserole. So this is going to start with sourdough bread instead of the Hawaiian sweet bread that we used last time. The what? (laughs) The what? Wait, hold on. Stop the bus. All of a sudden, I'm channeling Ma Kettle. (laughs) We're going to Hawaii. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, now here with me is Ma Kettle. All right, so you're going to take some sourdough bread. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've been working on that for years, man. All right, so this recipe. All right, so this recipe instead of Hawaiian spray bread. (laughs) What kind? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this recipe is going to start with sourdough bread instead of Hawaiian sweet bread. Then you're going to take some eggs and milk, mix them together. I don't know, eight eggs or so, a couple cups of milk. Mix it all up, and you're going to pour that over the bread. Then you're going to take a layer of cooked sausage breakfast sausage pour uh, lay that over top of the bread mixture and then a couple of cans of cream of mushroom soup spread that out over the meat yeah so here's the good thing about that you might think mushroom soup have you ever had gravy well right it tastes like <laughs> sausage gravy it makes it taste like sausage gravy. it's, it's so, so good. good it makes it so creamy and gravy-ish and then pour a couple handfuls of cheddar or whatever kind of cheese over the top of that and again just bake it up 350 for however long it takes sometimes maybe an hour it depends on how much you do and so then you've got a great savory bread pudding instead of the sweet bread pudding actually we could make both and then have one for dessert oh yeah i like <laughs> the way you think and we could take it to hawaii <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I am never going to be able to let that go. That is going to be holy cow. Now we got to visit the 50th state just so we could say that over and over. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We also will have the recipe for that on our website, of course. Uh, The article about the RVs at Walmart with those tips and all that. That's on our website. But the reason a lot of people go to our website is we have an RV show calendar. And uh, so if there's an RV show happening, we do our best to find them and put them there. And if you know of one that's not there, you can contact us and we'll put it there. Yeah, please do, because we want that to be a really good source for information. And so if you are going to be traveling somewhere and you want to know if there's any kind of RV show in the area, that's the whole idea is to get on there and find out what's going on any given time or place yes and the cool thing is uh, a little while ago i fixed the website such that you can either look by map so if you're kind of a visual person like i am can look at the map and kind of zoom in to where you'd like to go or where you already are and find rv shows there or 
there's a listing kind of, you know, like any other calendar. So it's right. pretty slick. We're proud of it. And then last but not least, there's discounts and deals. That's so, right. So while you're on the website, well, before or after you find all your events that you want to go to, check out the deals page because that is some good information right there. Yeah. I don't know when you're listening to this, but we are recording this around Christmas 2019. And there have been so many great deals from our partners. And so we update that page whenever we hear about a, a great deal or they notify us. So it's a great place to go to save some dough. It hey, is. that rhymed. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a great place to go if you're well, saving some dough. Some dough. Wow. Well, if you haven't... Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. If you haven't told your smart speaker or your phone or however you're listening to this to switch to whatever else you'd rather listen to, and you're still here with us, first of all, thank you. Thanks for putting up with him. I mean, us. Hey! (laughs) I'm funny. I know. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) But all seriousness aside, (laughs) boy, this is another goofy episode, but that's kind of how we are. We try to have fun. We also try to give you something of value to take away. Uh, Tips for wall docking and boon barreling or recipes or we have some great guests. So try to have some takeaways for you. Hopefully you'll enjoy that crystal ball we told you about in the form of campground views and uh, it's all at our home away from home on the digital world stresslesscamping.com that's right and from there you can go to all the social places that we are or all the places that you're supposed to be another thing you can do is find these podcasts and uh, if you're enjoying the show a five-star review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen will really help others to find it as well so you're kind of telling the world about it with your reviews so yeah tell the world and thank you have a great week everybody it's again we we sincerely appreciate you letting us hang out here with you in your ears and uh hope you're enjoying some great experiences out there and happy, happy camping. camping we hope you enjoyed this week's adventure time to get out on your own journey but don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app And visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping. So this is going to start with sourdough bread instead of the Hawaiian sweet bread that we used last time. what? What? Wait, hold on. Stop the bus. All of a sudden, I'm channeling Ma Kettle. 